currently in the garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Woff. It's still August, so it's a kickstart for August for you. Woo-hoo. What, what day is it? Is it the 9th? Is it that what is. What is today? Is it's it, the 9th. 8-9? It's 8-9. 8-9. <laughs> During the stretch of time that you are off on location, most of our recordings are going to be taking place on the Sunday before. So it really is about as fresh as you can get, honestly. But here we are. Let's just get right into it. Suicide Squad opened up on Thursday night to early audiences. And surprisingly, even though much of the HBO Maxes didn't really hit until midnight East Coast on Friday morning. This one actually went live Thursday along with the theatrical, which I thought was an interesting move, especially after all the Scarlett Johansson and Black Widow shenanigans that are going on right now. Right. Joey and I went and saw it. And uh, as previously reported, we talked about the 100% capacity in all the theaters and all that stuff. I was incorrect. Lemley's here locally, at least. And I have to assume the rest of the chain is like that. Joey and I had bought our seats and I went to go today or sorry, the night before we saw the movie, I went to go block out the other seats. And then I noticed that the seats to my left and Joey's right were taken with an X. So I'm like, oh, sweet. So they are still doing that. Even though that dumb website says that Lemley's is hundred percent capacity. Maybe they rolled it back. I don't know. So that allowed both of us to be more relaxed when we saw the Suicide Squad on Friday. We talked recently on this week's episode of how a movie that is long doesn't seem long. This movie runs two hours, 13 minutes, something like that. Yeah. Dude, it is smooth as butter. It goes so quickly. The set pieces are awesome. The dialogue and, and, and exchanges between the, the, the performers is so good. It was bitching seeing James Gunn playing that R-rated sandbox again, like he did with Slither, which we talked about how much we love his work. Super is another R-rated movie he's done. But most of his stuff has been PG-13, but the dude's so fucking talented, it's fine. But it, he, it was like this refreshing thing for him. So I immediately tweeted, hey, Disney, thank you for firing this guy. <laughs> Even it was just for a short amount of time because he wouldn't have done this movie if he wasn't fired off of Guardians 3. Right. So awesome. Bitching. It was like a, it was like a twofer because now you know he's back in the fold on that. And when you see this, fuck, dude, nobody drops needles like James Gunn. And you think you see it in the trailer? You haven't experienced anything yet until you see the movie. It is as much of a character as it is in the Guardians movies. It's fucking awesome. And it doesn't feel like a crutch. It just beautifully supports the rest of the movie. And it's fucking rad. We've seen it twice <laughs> on HBO Max. We, I immediately came home and watched it. Joey went to play video games and I went and watched it again on HBO Max. And I saw a lot more, a lot more things. Cause you're seeing the detail. You're seeing the 2K um, some people see it in IMAX, but you can see that, and it is, by the way, it's a 190 to one. Well, you know, it's funny, by the time you guys hear this tomorrow, I'll have seen it tonight. Bitching, see? <laughs> by myself in a theater in Livingston, Montana. Yeah, because when you, we, we didn't talk about this, but when you saw Black Widow, you saw it very much Solo, as a private buddy. screening. Yeah, man, I had a private screening uh, all <laughs> on my own. Uh, it was me and myself and I. Uh, the, the staff checked in twice to make sure I was okay. It's funny. You know, they walk, a little usher walked in with his flashlight. Um, it's a very cute little, uh, 
retro type theater here. Uh, it's also kind of subterranean, it's, which is odd. You come in, the, the box office is at ground level, and then you go down the stairs into uh, what used to be one, <laughs> one, one, yeah, totally one theater, but it's been divided uh, years ago into two. You're left and right. And uh, yeah, man, I saw uh, Black Widow, which I enjoyed. I haven't seen a ton of Marvel movies. and I, But I did, I do agree with you that this was more like a born movie or, um, you know, your normal action fair up until the end where it gets kind of super silly. Yeah. But that's okay because it didn't, it, it, <laughs> that silly movie did not overtake the, 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 the good hour and, you know, 40 minutes I enjoyed the shit out of before it showed up. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody in that is so good. And, and it's no different than the combination of, of performances. Like we talked about with the movie we have coming out this week when there's chemistry, it's just, it's unshakable. And, and it's why you can forgive that ridiculously very Marvel esque third yeah, act. Totally. <laughs> Again, it's like it, it, it's the rest of it is so good that it's easily overcomes the absurdity, even for a Marvel movie at the end. And uh, clearly them kind of seemingly running out of money there, which is kind of funny considering the situation with Scarlet and Disney right now. But we're not yeah. going to get into that. But Suicide Squad, if you can see it safely, it, obviously I'm going to recommend seeing the theater. But if you got HBO Max, I can tell you we've watched it twice now. I've watched it twice. Joey watched it with me a second time. The sound and the image is fucking kick ass there too. It's a good fucking time. And James Gunn just shows once again that he knows how to deliver to an audience what they want and what they don't realize that they want and what they need and they don't realize that they need it. And it just made me super excited for, for Guardians 3 when it comes out in a few years because it just... This is amazing what, when you have, uh, and it's surprising though too, I have to say how restrictive Warner Brothers can be with some with, with the whole DC line. But Shazam is proof that, all right, just let the film the filmmaker go do what he wants to do. Now let's be fair here. Because of what happened with James Gunn, I think Warner Brothers like, let him do what he wants to do. We want this guy in the fold because look what he's done for them. Let's get that over here. Shazam works. This works beyond what Shazam was. This is a fucking good time. I hope everybody sees it because you're going to enjoy it. There's some people out there that aren't, aren't, that don't get it, that aren't into it, but that's fine. You know, I didn't, I purposely have not looked at any reviews or any press from this because I just kind of want to go see it. And that's what I'm, you know, I'm going to go walk in and sit down by myself and maybe have some popcorn and wear my mask and social distance from myself. Again, King of Needle Drops. I mean, that's the only thing I'm going to give away about the movie. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but we kind of know that going it's in. It's expected. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> if you saw Guardians of the Galaxy, you know that you know exactly. what it's all about. He's all about mixtapes, dude. That's it. What else is going on? Oh, so hey, yeah, so Livingston, Montana, is, is a interesting little town. It's very, you know, it, it's right at the um, the gateway to Yellowstone. It must be the fly fishing capital of the world. Uh, that's why we're here shooting a movie. But it's so weird because. The restaurant, the, the restaurant system, everything closes down real early. <laughs> uh, I mean, if, dude, I mean, like nine o'clock, it's, everything's closed. Like if you're eating in a restaurant, they, they literally at 820, they start like anything else. Okay. And they, they, you know, they start pushing your check on you and everything. So, uh, you know, it's just because it's a small town and it's a tourist town and 
during this, this is the height of tourist season. Uh, but it's funny because we were uh, at dinner last night at this restaurant called Campion, which is fantastic. It's probably, it's, it's a really, and it's really people, there's a waiting list. You have to sort of make reservations a week out. Uh, but we're sitting there uh, having dinner and I look over at the bar and there's this guy that looks just like Michael Keaton. And you know what? It was Michael Keaton. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to out the dude, but like, I, apparently he lives here or, it, you know, he has a house here, but yeah, man, he was in there having dinner at the bar, um, by himself, you know, talking to whoever the people were seated next to him. Yeah, man. So it was very strange. And uh, also uh, Nick Cage is in town, apparently shooting Western here. I haven't seen him, but, uh, we did, you know, we, we got a couple people on our crew that had just finished up some days over there on that show. So that we're going to pick some of that crew up, but yeah, man, it's, it's a hopping little place and not a bad place to, you know, be this summer. I mean, the way it's funny, the weather has been mirroring what's going on in our neck of the woods. Like last week it was <laughs> hot as balls uh, this week, you know, the last few days it's dropped down into the mid eighties. Uh, it's smoky here cause there's a lot of fires around. So dude, it's really just like being in Santa Clarita, but there's a lot of rivers around here. It's 95 degrees as we're recording this on Sunday afternoon. You got, you got Sunday evening where you're at Sunday afternoon, or just about to be the evening there. And, uh, it, last night, dude, I had to close the window. Not because of smoke. Cause there's no smoke. It was 59 degrees. Yeah. It was 50. It was 54 and windy <laughs> when I woke up this morning. It was wild. It was, we had a, we could, you could tell it was going to cool down quick because Joey and I did some goofing off yesterday, you know, and around the house. But I, I looked, I went outside to walk Oswald outside to go to the bathroom. It, it's like, oh man, it's like 81 out. It's nice out. It's going to be super cool tonight. And sure enough, man, it was 70. I had the house open before nine o'clock. I'm like, I couldn't, couldn't believe it. It was nice to have that. But yeah, I was like, Joey was asking me a little bit about where you're at and everything. And we went on, you know, Wikipedia and, and I kind of showed him some of the things where, where you're at. And I showed him some of the pictures that you sent me, uh, the, the theater you're just talking about. I showed him the marquee photo that you sent me. And he's like, that's really cool. It's, it's like, it's like downtown Newhall. I'm like going, eh, I guess it kind of is. It's, you know, it's a very old, I mean, the, like the, the downtown section here down park in Maine is, you know, kind of where like the Murray hotel and the Livingston bar and grill. I mean, literally, man, if you're standing in the right position and you can get your, you know, it, if you Google Livingston, Montana, you will see exactly, I, I can tell you where almost every photo is going to be taken from because I see people do it every day when I'm, you know, <laughs> uh, when I hit the coffee shop or I hit the print shop here, there's one point where everybody stands at the end of the, of, at the end of main street and sh it, they're shooting their Instagram, uh, photos, but yeah, it's, it's a nice little, uh, it's fun. You know, we're having a good time. We start shooting on Wednesday day after tomorrow. So, we're about to get into it, as they say. Cool. Yeah. I'll save my story for about Rancho Deluxe and uh, Glenn's for another episode. Spreading the wealth. <laughs> and, the, and the girls from Midsummer and, <laughs> and all the Wiccans here. <laughs> Speaking of Florence Pugh. Teaser. Our, uh, our growth on Twitter followers hasn't gone as much as we had hoped. So we're going to remind everybody, we are still giving away, and I, and I mistakenly said this before, we have two fast through a fast through fast eight, you know, fate of the furious being the eighth one. We don't have the ninth one. Obviously we have three sets, not two, three sets to give away. It's been interesting. And we're not seeing the counts. I mean, 
uh, people please share. And you, you, I'm, obviously we don't, we haven't been posting anything for you guys to share. And I know it's kind of silly for us not to. So I promise you there will be things this week, this Thursday for sure for you to share. Please share them. Um, we're Cause I'm itching to give this stuff away. Cause guess what? We got even more stuff to give away. And one of the things I was going to mention, because at this point, I thought we could have already been moved on to this. I thought this Friday, the 13th, I thought we could give make an announcement for that thing that I've got sitting in a box right next to me right now. But I can't. The head of Jason Voorhees, hint, hint. Uh, yeah. Just, it's not one movie, people. I promise you. It's not one movie. It's more than one movie. It's between one and all of them. How about that? One and all of them. Yeah. Don't make me shout it louder than I already have. Or scream it for that matter. Don't make me shout it, shout it out loud. <laughs> We're looking to get to 200 followers on Twitter. So you'll have some things this week to share. We want to give those three things away so we can move on and talk about those other things. And we have, again, I'm not kidding you. I have a box of stuff here. Uh, and it's not... It's not stuff. I have some duplicate stuff, you know, because I replaced it, but I have plenty of sealed things. Some of these things I have are out of print, dude. They're out of, I have like four things that are out of print that I want to give away. And it's like you, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm itching to. And once we get to a certain point, we're not, we're not going to be asking for more listeners to make yourselves qualify for it. We're going to start giving them away on Patreon. If you're on Patreon, you're just going to, we're just going to give them away. You're going to reap the benefits uh, we've been talking for a while about doing this and I want to kind of get to a point where we can do this. You know, we cover four movies a month that if you're on Patreon, if you're at least on Patreon with us for a month, you you qualify to give the package of all four movies that we cover that month. I don't know of any, any show that does that, that has, <laughs> that's a, that has a Patreon supported situation where they're giving away stuff like that. Yeah. And we want to move on we want to get, we want to make t-shirts and stuff like that. We want people to have fun with it. And I know a lot of people enjoy the show. Look, I can see the downloads. I know that we have more people than we have on Patreon. I'm not asking people to support us on Patreon just to do that. We don't beg. That's for other people. Yeah. We're not doing that. We're, we're not doing that. We want people to listen to the show more and have fun with it because I still feel, and, and we've been down this road before. We've had some great episodes that have come from listeners' suggestions, not just when we've asked them, asked for them, but when they said, hey, I'd love to hear this from you guys. And we're like, yeah, let's do that one. We've done that before. And there's some of our best episodes because either it's something we talked about doing, but we didn't get around to doing it. And we're like, oh, well, let's do it now since you know someone's down for it now. Sometimes it just doesn't fit with whatever theme we have going on. This is what's fun about August is we're not working from a theme. It's August. <laughs> it's, Nobody works from a theme in August. It's smorgasbord time, man, because you're just trying to get through the summer and get through the heat. There's not even a holiday in August. There isn't, is there? There's a Friday the 13th, though. That's right. It's kind of like a holiday <laughs> for movie people. It's kind of. Two weeks ago, and I'm only talking about it now because I wanted to wait till I got it. Another Prince release came out. Now, this isn't one. This is a one of the first things that have come out. It was a full studio record since he passed away, this is the first thing that's come out that's a full studio record. We've had like... Are we sure Prince is dead? Well, I don't know. <laughs> but here's the thing. Unlike Tupac... Are we sure Tupac's dead? He had, a, he had a substantial vault. But Prince has 
And I'm not kidding you. And I don't want to say thousands. I mean, tens of thousands of songs sitting in a vault. And this album, Welcome to America, that just came out on the 31st, or sorry, on July 30th, is a full studio record that got shelved for some reason. And it was recorded in 2011 and it was never released. All the songs are dope. They're just what you expect. But that band that's on that record performed with him. And I've mentioned this on the show before. They did a 21 night residency at the Forum in Inglewood here in Los Angeles. And there is a Blu-ray on there. Beautifully shot 5-1 performance from one of the particular nights. I wonder which night. I went to four of those shows. I wonder which. Hmm. It wasn't my show, unfortunately. I misspoke, by the way. It was recorded in the spring of 2010. But when he does that residency um, uh, a year from that in April of, of 2011, I think it carries into. They played uh, They played one of those shows the other night on KCRW. It's probably it. And and uh, again, I, I you've heard us talk about, heard me promote the the Prince of State podcast. Well, of course, they just like they did with 1999 and what and sign of the times. There's also a, a mini series on the Welcome to America album. It has this fantastic booklet in there. Again, it's a double vinyl. It's got a CD, but that Blu-ray, man. Again, all the music in this is fantastic. And one of the things I really what, what struck me when we this when he was doing this series of shows when he does songs. Like the, it's the first four or five songs they do are lesser known songs, and some of them were actually new on the Blu-ray. And, just, and then it's it's a pretty well a pretty solid representation of the multiple nights. And here's the thing: you saw four nights, I saw one. I I've talked to somebody that went through all twenty one nights, and here's one thing that she said: it was a different set every night. Yeah, the four shows I saw, everything was different. The opening acts were different, and. Uh, the set list was, and it wasn't like he just mixed the songs up and played them in different order. They were just different songs. Yeah. One of the things that I got reminded about, because it's been 10 years, you get to see Prince with a Strat that's got the same pickup configurations he's gotten up in what they call his sky guitar, the one from Purple Rain, the one that he, that, that Apollonia gives him. The one that, that Apollonia gives him. That he's used every year since. He's got the same pickup configuration, but it's just, it's just straight up strat. But here's something he doesn't have on any other guitar that I've ever seen him play with. He's got a tremolo on it and he uses it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot how heavy his guitar playing was, how very metal-like his guitar playing was on at those shows, especially the first half, uh, half dozen songs. And it was so good. It reminded me, if you guys have recently heard Dave Grohl on Conan O'Brien's podcast, Conan, Conan Needs a Friend, he talked about seeing Prince and Prince inviting him to play on stage and then rehearsing with him. It was at this series of shows that that happened. So it's so cool when I heard Girl talking about it. I'm like, oh man, that was, over, that was that residency. Now it's really unusual for an artist to do a residency at a normal facility like this, a normal in a normal arena because you'll catch those things in Vegas where Vegas is trying to draw people in. Well, at the time, it's a similar situation because the form had just been remodeled and they weren't getting regular bodies in because of Staples Center. Staples was pulling all the big names over when the form used to be that place that you came and played in LA. That's why his doing those shows were such a big deal. And he's like going, yeah, I'll come in there. And here's something else too. And, I, and again, I don't think I've really talked about this before. I think I mean, just briefly covered it. 
the tickets, weren't they like only 25 bucks? Yep, exactly. Uh, and I'm like, he, he, it's almost like he was testing out a tour. You know, he said he basically invited 17,000 people for three weeks straight. Hey, come out and watch us rehearse. And that's what it was. But if you've ever seen Prince live, <laughs> his band is so good and they're just so tight. You see it a little bit in this too. He, I mean, there's one thing about Prince too. And I think that goes without saying he, the dude calls audibles constantly in their sets. You see it like a half a dozen times in the first half of the Blu-ray and it's just wild to see. And, and fortunately for me, that was the last time I saw him perform. I had so many opportunities to see him at, at Glam Slam when he opened the club back in 90, 90, 90, 91, somewhere around there. Yeah, I think it was 90. And come on, man, I might as well have been sitting there at First Avenue, right? The, the, I've talked on the show before. No musician was more influential on me wanting to be a songwriter, be a musician. The closest person I ever came to that was Bowie. And I, in a lot of ways, they're my 1A and 1B of role models, not just for my music, but for all my creative endeavors. Because I got to tell you, I listen to Prince and Bowie more than when I'm writing and when I'm drawing than anything else. And this music is, again, we've, we've seen... We've seen releases before, not re-releases, but we've seen releases that come from vault where they've handpicked stuff. This was a full release that got shelved for some reason. No different than when they put the Black Album out when he was still, as he says, the slave to Warner Brothers. It was an album that just didn't get released. It was done and it got shelved. And lyrically speaking, for right now, for what's going on in our country, in the world, man, I'm not telling you to go buy this thing, but the Blu-ray is fucking stellar. You can only get it this way, but pull it up on Spotify, pull it up on Apple Music. And if you use it on any one of those apps, you can, of course, click on a button and watch and, and look at the lyrics as you're listening to the music. You, you don't understand until you really just allow Prince to kind of just envelop you and really recognize that the man was a genius lyrically. He was a genius musically. And we're never going to have somebody like that again. You guys know I love Billie Eilish. I think she's the closest thing, even at such a young age of 19, that she could possibly eventually get to. She's that kind. I'm not saying she's going to ever reach Prince's level. I don't expect anybody ever to do that again. She's the only one I've seen in the last 20 years that does it for the art and does it for the music. And they're not trying to make themselves a brand. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I'm done. You know, when we start talking about Prince, All right. I, I got to, I have to shut myself down because I'll keep going. Okay. So look here, I'm going to, I'm going to be the black cloud at the end, but I'm not going to dwell on anything. Uh, I just want everyone to, uh, you know, I'm sure most of us are aware that uh, the Val documentary dropped on Friday night. And all I'm going to say is bring a box of Kleenex and it's okay to cry. Yeah. And I'm going to leave it at that. That's all I'm going to say. It's, I don't need to say anything. If you're going to watch it, you're going to watch it and you're going to need Kleenex. And if you're not going to watch it, then don't. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about Val Kilmer, but I guarantee you won't feel the same after you watch this. No. Secondly, uh, you know, <clears throat> yesterday, I got the sad news that uh, Marky Post had passed away at the age of 70. Yeah. 
which totally sucks because, uh, you know, we just lost, uh, Charlie, um, the night court was, a uh, night court was something my dad watched and I, and I, I, I would always watch with my dad. Cause I, you know, I it was about, it wasn't really about night court. It was about watching with my dad and, uh, you know, Marky post, I was 14 or 15 at the time. And I totally had a crush on Marky post. She was cute. She was funny. Um, you know, I, there's, there's not enough, there, there are not enough adjectives for me to continue on and try to do it justice. It's, it was just a really kind of a shocking way to wake up this morning or yesterday morning or whatever. Whenever you're hearing this, it was, it was today for me. Yeah. For you guys, it was yesterday, but, uh, right. yeah. So, uh, Hey man, you know, if you, uh, if you're not familiar with night court, there's places to stream it. If you, uh, she was also in a great show called hearts of fire. RIP Marky Post. There's a yeah. court reunion up in the sky. Um, yeah. yeah. You, you mentioned Charlie, we talked about it before on Mike. I think we, I think we were, there were so much that happened that week. We didn't want to talk about it when, when, when Charlie Robinson passed, he passed two days before my birthday. He passed that Sunday. We had already recorded the show. And then by the time it came back around, we didn't want to be a, you know, be a downer. And what's funny is uh, talking about night court, you know, Charlie didn't join the show until the second season. Right. But I had to, I, I didn't recognize that because every one of the shows that I recall, even especially when it was in syndication, it was just, it was Harry. It was Larry Kett. It was Marky. It was Charlie and, and Richard Mall. It was always those five. And I, it's almost like they didn't show the first season. You know, it's really weird. But I agree, man. Marky Post, um, Fall Guy also. Yeah, dude. And She's like a little piece of sunshine. Yeah. she. I don't think anybody our age didn't have a crush on her because she was like, you, you know, it's funny because anytime, even though we were supposed to laugh at Larry Kett taking shots at her, I hated that stuff. I hated him taking shots at her. She always got the best of him though. I mean, yes, you know. Yes, yes. <laughs> But it was like you and you, you, anything Larry Kett said against Harry or Mole or, or Marsha for that matter. I can't forget Marsha, right? Right. Or Selma Diamond before Marsha. Yeah. It's speaking of being replaced, right? That it's like, it's one of those things like that night court was such, you know, I think you mentioned it off mic that, you know, our father loved the shit out of that show. I mean, that show was made for our, our, our folks. And I, and I think we kind of like piggybacked on it because they were watching it and it wasn't on too late. Cause it was a sitcom. So I think it was like a Thursday night. It was like a nine or nine 30. Yeah. It was part of the Thursday night. I think yeah. I, it was nine or nine 30. It was after cheers. Yeah. And it was like, uh, dude. Yeah. It was like every, and it was such an enjoyable show. And one of the things about that show too, is like the weight of a show was on the shoulders of the, of the main people. But what made the show so fun was everybody that came through the courtroom that was coming before judge Harry, you know, it was like, and you come on, man. I mean, how many people did you see come before them that we see they were at the beginning of their careers that would just take off after that. It made Mel Torme a household name. To yes. Teenagers. Cause <laughs> I had, <laughs> I knew who he was, but I had no idea what, who what he, he looked was. like or sure. what he sounded like. And then as soon as you heard him, like, Oh, I know the voice. Of course. But I would have never known <laughs> his face i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't have picked him out of a lineup yeah so there you go if you have a chance to watch night court and honor of charlie and and marky 
please do. Because if you've never seen their show before, you're, you'll discover really quickly why the show was so beloved by by fans. And and uh, it's, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I guess it, man. This is a long kickstart for you being on location. Yeah, it was. It totally. <laughs> Thank God we overcame yeah. our fucking technical difficulties. Yes. Oh, all that at the beginning. It's like, I was like, I was at home. Fucking stop doing that guest Wi-Fi. <laughs> If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Karate Pod or on Instagram at the same thing at Karate Pod. Or you want to follow us on Letterboxd, I'm at Corey underscore Cope. Or if you'd like to support the show on Patreon, thank you, Patreon supporters. That's patreon.com slash KITG podcast. If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at Tom Cody on Letterboxd. That's Tom Cody at Letterboxd.com. Or you can follow me at Raven Shattuck. No, now you can't. It's Rock and Roll 33 at Instagram. See how easy it is to forget. Rock and Roller 